The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Christian Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. You might be listening live or you might be listening after the fact on one of the dozens of podcasts that ends up or on christineupchurch.com. But wherever and whenever, I think you're going to be glad you've joined us because we've got an interesting guest today. Um, but first, I want to say hello and thank you to the people behind the technology. First of all, Olivia at um, TTR. How are you doing, Olivia? I'm doing great. How are you, Christine? Doing pretty well, thank you. And Benny, <laughs> I still miss seeing you in the studio every week. How are you doing? Oh, doing awesome. Miss you too. I can breathe again. Or actually, we all can breathe again here in our state, so that's a good sign. Yeah, it's really good. Yep. It, it was. It was kind of scary. You know, it shows mm-hmm. that we are all connected, whether there's a a wildfire near us or not. Exactly. Um, I think it's a good uh, um, analogy of how we all are really connected in the world. Well, if you and, listen to uh, the last show, yeah, I was breathing so heavily, I finally pushed it all away. So <laughs> well, I, I missed the last show, Benny. So, well, kind of, but I was there in spirit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, we rarely think in terms of connecting these two words, psychic and lawyer, right? I mean, that's a weird combination. Of course, you guys know I'm statistician and healer. So sometimes there's some interesting combinations, but our guest today, he's very well known and he has an interesting background. Um, he's known as the psychic lo- lawyer. His name is Mark Anthony. And he's the author um, of the award-winning critically acclaimed bestsellers, Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. He's a world-renowned fourth-generation psychic. And I wanna to talk to him about that a psychic medium who communicates with spirits. And I've got somebody I'm going to want him to communicate with today, if possible. He's an Oxford-educated attorney. He's licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and even before the United States Supreme Court, which is so cool. But he's also a psychic medium. He appears regularly on ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, Fox television, including The Doctors, um, and um, on major talk radio shows such as Coast to Coast AM, which I love, Conscious Talk Radio, the Dr. Pat Show, which I'm affiliated with. Hello, Dr. Pat. And um, he's, you know, he's he's very very well known from Hollywood to internationally. And I would like to welcome our guest today, the psychic lawyer Mark Anthony. Hi, Mark. Welcome. Thank you, Christine. Thank you for having me on the show. And, uh, you know, when you're explaining that I'm a member of the U.S. Supreme Court Bar, you know, I, if I don't say this, I'm just, I, I feel a personal sense of loss with the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was, the world lost a first-rate intellectual, an advocate, not just for women's rights, but for everybody who's been on the receiving end of, of bigotry and discrimination. 
and uh, the United States has lost one of its best jurists. So I think that um, I, I just I just wanted to express um, express my feelings that uh, it really is is um, the end of an era. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, so many of us feel the loss of her from the Supreme Court, but from the world in this realm. And sometimes I wonder, you know, we're at a really interesting transformational moment in our world right now. Might she be a, have gone to the other side to help us? I think to some extent, spirits, part of their mission is, is to guide us, but spirits are not here to control us or to tell us what to do. So mm -hmm. she can be a spiritual influence. And yes, it is very sad that she passed. On the other hand, she was a, a woman with cancer in her late 80s, so it is not unusual for, for her to have passed. Um, right. Can she help us from the other side? She can provide guidance. And you're correct. We seem to be at a tumultuous crossroads in our history. But the one thing that, that I've learned as a student of history is all things eventually come to an end. Uh, so, you know, Ruth Gader, Bader Ginsburg, her tenure on the U.S. Supreme Court, she wrote a lot of dissents, which will very well be the basis for majority opinions in the future. And also all the turmoil and the injustice that's going on in the United States now, eventually that will come to an end. And so um, I think that, that if we've learned anything from her, if we learned anything from John Lewis, if we learned anything from Martin Luther King Jr., it's that... Change takes action, but action does not justify violence. Right, right, yeah. So I'm just fascinated with um, your history and how you went from attorney to psychic medium and sometimes actually intersecting the two. Tell me a little bit about your journey. Well, I was born this way. Both of my parents had these abilities and uh, my dad was a Navy SEAL and then he became a NASA engineer. And uh, right after he got out of the Navy, he was at this dance and he spotted, he said, it was so funny when my parents talk about how they met. He goes, I saw this really classy dame, you know, and I wanted to talk <laughs> to her. And because my mom was a commercial um, illustrator and a fashion designer, and she worked at, uh, at this store called Kresge's. And so she always got designer clothes with, you know, the employee discount. He thought she was like some, you know, sophisticated Vogue model type. And they started talking and, the, and they, mom said they had this immediate connection. And after a couple of dates, she said to him, she goes, you know, there's something I've got to tell you about myself. And then he goes, you too? So both of my parents had the ability to see and perceive spirits. Wow. And so what I've seen, Christine, is this is a genetic trait that runs in my family. And it's what's known as a recessive genetic trait. In other words, it can skip a generation or two. If, for example, being right-handed or left-handed is a genetic trait. Dominant mm -hmm. traits being right-handed, the recessive trait being left-handed. So when you get right. two parents that have the same recessive trait, the likelihood of one of their children <laughs> um, having those traits uh, increases. And sure. so when I was about three and a half, I started seeing spirits and mom and dad were like, oh, wow, he can do this. And um, okay. um, because they saw them too. So, right. so this has always been part of who I am. Mm -hmm. So if that was a natural gift, why did you choose to become an attorney? 
I ask myself that constantly. It, it's interesting because, you know, life is, I, I look at life like a river. It flows and ebbs and sometimes it's sure. smooth, smooth sailing and other times there's waterfalls and, and uh, it can be very, very difficult. Um, it's not unusual for a medium to be drawn to the spiritual. And I had seriously considered becoming a member of the clergy. I was raised in the Catholic faith. Okay. Uh, and so I wanted to do that, but I felt that that was too constricting and law always fascinated me. And uh, so, so I ended up going into law and, you know, I, I love what you said about how you don't normally hear the term lawyer and psychic, just the way you don't hear statistician and healer like yourself right. Right. and what people like you and you and I demonstrate, Christine, is that there is room for integration of our left and right brains Absolutely. when it comes to helping people. Because people tend to think of those of us in the metaphysical realm as, you know, we're these mystics that sit on mm -hmm. top of a mountain I, 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 all day and that, you know, everything's all Never done it. Yeah. cosmic yeah. And, and all that, <laughs> you know, um, and anybody can be enlightened on a mountaintop. I mean, when you're sitting there, I, I remember um, a couple of years ago when I was on tour and I was in Sedona, which is just such a beautiful place. And I'm on top of those big orange mountains. And, and I'm it's like, yeah, it's real easy to be all cosmic here. The, the challenge is when you're stuck in traffic in L.A. and you got to be at the studio in 10 minutes and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And right. so what you and, and, and I and, and other people who have that right left brain integration uh, mm -hmm. demonstrate is that the true test for being spiritual and enlightened, if you will, is, is not when you're on a mountaintop, but it's when you're in the boardroom. It's when you're in the courtroom. It's when yes. you're in the corporation or it's when you're in, you know, just the real world, the real life. That's so true, Mark. And I think that, um, it's especially a good lesson for us to take to heart right now, because I think that at this stage of the ball game, the stage of our, our, our planetary evolution, it's not just about going into the meditation room and connecting with that ethereal realm. It's about bringing that light, that energy, that information into our moment to moment life. And it's a different kind of challenge than you know being on that mountaintop, so to speak. But it's it's um, it makes life far more interesting and it grounds the light more effectively on our planet. Oh, absolutely, it does. And you know, because a lot of people are like, how can you be a psychic lawyer? You know, and, and you know, people tend to. It's funny because the the two professions that I have definitely evoke a reaction from mm -hmm. from whoever I tell. I tell people you're right. a lawyer, it's like. <laughs> You know, they think we're these vampiric, blood-sucking monsters with, you know, no feelings whatsoever. Um, and, and certainly a lot of aggressive and predatorial personalities are attracted to the practice of law. Sure. Uh, just like they're attracted to Wall Street and they're attracted to, you know, military and, and uh, other you know, professions where being aggressive is, is considered a, a positive thing. But lawyers are there to help people to resolve disputes. Uh -huh. And I mean, I, you, I consider all day and, and point out the flaws and faults of our legal system. That's not what I'm here to do today. <laughs> and people tend to think of mediums, you know, um, especially living in, in Florida, 
know, people mediums are not of God and they start, you know, flinging scripture at me. And, you know, and I, I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've spent my life um, studying theology, philosophy, archaeology, and in addition to quantum physics. And uh-huh. certainly there are plenty of biblical uh, passages. There's many passages in both the Old and New Testament, which justify discernment of spirits and prophecy, which are, you know, uh-huh. talking to to spirits and in divining uh, future events. So I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily get, get bogged down in that. And what lawyers do in, involves evidence and helping people. And what right. mediums do involves evidence. That's why I'm an evidential medium. So if I'm doing a reading from somebody, I have to, the spirit transmits information to me and I present it to you, and they will give evidential facts. If I could tell um, a, a funny little story that happened two Please. days ago, um, people think that spirit communication is texting or instant messaging, you know, where we're just, you know, texting up the other side and they're giving us stuff. They communicate us, see things, hear things, feel things, know things, experience things. And I was doing a, a reading for this woman over the phone, and her father's spirit came through, and I kept seeing... Australia, Australia, and all this, I've seen kangaroos and boomerangs, all stuff of Australia. And I said, well, okay. is there any connection with you or your dad with Australia? No. Are you sure? No. And I always caution people, if something doesn't make sense right away, don't shoot it down right away. Don't fall into what I call the no, no, no syndrome where you, no, no, sure. no. So I said, don't worry about it. Then about 10 minutes later, her father projected this image of him as a young man, he looked like a teenager and he was swimming underwater, you know, doing this freestyle and I said, wow, he's doing all the swimming. She goes, oh, well, when he was um, um, a teenager, he, he won this swimming competition for speed. And all uh-huh. of a sudden, you know, my dad was a Navy SEAL, okay, and also a swimming instructor. I said, did your dad do the Australian crawl? Oh my God, she, you know, and, and I said, that's the fastest stroke. And I know this because dad, you know, I had to learn the breaststroke, the, the backstroke, the, um, the butterfly and the Australian crawl, you know, and, and let me tell you, uh, growing up along the ocean and having a dad as a Navy SEAL came in very handy. And so, so with, with spirit communication, you take all the pieces of evidence and they're like the pieces of a puzzle and they don't always come together right away. So sure. her father, if you take the Australia and the swimming, boom, the Australian crawl. So do you ever connect the two fields? Like, have you ever put together being an attorney and being a psychic medium? Um, yes, yes. Um, just for the benefit of the listeners, um, my focus now is entirely on my work as a psychic medium. However, I do appear on TV and radio shows like this one to um, as a legal analyst in high profile cases. And uh, especially when the paranormal and the legal system collide, um, <laughs> like uh, coast to coast, they have me on at least once a year. They have me, well, they have me on like two to three times a year, but they, George Norrie loves haunted real estate. And, and oh, what gosh. it is, well, you know, if, what people don't realize is do things that go bump in the night bump up or down the price of your real estate? And if you have a house with a haunted reputation, that mm-hmm. falls under the field of law known as stigmatized properties. And sure. stigmatized properties tend to sell at 6% under market value. However, 
some stigma some stigmatized properties bump up the 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 market value especially folks that want to take an old mansion and turn into a b&b or something like that because all the there's a whole lot of people they want to spend the night in a haunted house and sure. so it can be a very lucrative thing and it's interesting to see what properties are on the market and you know what happened where uh it's like um the house that john wayne gacy owned and where he uh, murdered i think it was 32 young men um that just recently sold and and i'm thinking you know who would want to buy that you yeah, know really yeah and then the apartment building that jeffrey dahmer lived in i believe it was torn down i think that was in um milwaukee i think that was in milwaukee and apparently nobody wants to buy that property so and then of course there's the uh at hollywood oh my gosh there's so many mansions where you know hollywood murders and and uh, like the the sharon tate murder and all that and so that's always very interesting when when they call me in, for example, to do something like that, to show how the legal system and the paranormal collide. Uh, but to answer your question directly, when I was full-time practicing law, being a medium is part of my skill set. And mm -hmm. so I would definitely utilize my abilities because that's organic to me. And, and right. we all are, yeah, we're all given a, a, a hand of cards in life. And you play what you you play what you're with what you're dealt, and sure. so yes. Yeah, and I imagine that um, if you're trying to negotiate a settlement or something like that, if you've got some extra information, then that can only benefit your client. Yeah, that, that definitely came in handy quite a bit because um, I practiced in the realms of uh, first when I got out of law school as a prosecutor, so I worked for the state of Florida. And then I became a criminal defense attorney. And then I also did uh, personal injury and particularly in negotiations with, with insurance companies and big cases. I remember a couple of my clients going, how is it that you know what they're going to do next? You know? <laughs> and uh, right. I didn't always, I didn't always share why I had those insights, but you know, once again, there's other people who perhaps their skill set is is just being so overly aggressive other people that uh have have other other abilities um you know being very good writers or speakers so we all have different skill sets and sure. and where we're being a medium came in very useful i believe is during jury selection and jury selection oh, yeah yeah it's it's like right before um you start taking evidence the objective of our system is to, you know, for a trial, you have to have a jury of your peers. Right. And, and so in this case, uh, I was representing uh, this big bruiser and he got in a fight with another, you know, big burly guy. And, and you know, so basically um, big bruiser A beat up big bruiser B. And so sure. the loser filed charges and I represented the guy that beat up the, the state's victim. Mm -hmm. And the prosecutor was asking the jury, the potential juror members questions, because the idea is to eliminate people from the prospective jury that may have biases. Uh -huh. And so there was this one woman on the jury and I kept getting drawn to her because I felt this female energy around her. And I kept feeling this tightening around my throat. And I knew that there was a spirit coming through. Uh -huh. And so when it was my time to, to, question the venire which is the prospective jury juror, jurors uh -huh. i asked a question that that's pretty standard in a criminal case 
but I was kind of asking it to her. I said, has anyone in your family or you been ever been the victim of a violent crime? Well, my intuition definitely was was on the money there because she started shaking and trembling and tears mm-hmm. shot out of her eyes. And she said a year ago, my sister was in a foreign country when an escaped mental patient strangled her, dismembered her body and threw her in a dumpster like mm-hmm. she was garbage. And then I'm standing there like, all I can think is they never taught me in law school how to deal with this. And mm-hmm. you could have heard a pin drop. And I could see, then I started seeing the spirit of her sister coming through and um, the tightening around my throat. And if listeners want to find out, they need to get my book, Never Letting Go, and you'll find out what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's so fascinating. So when you were talking about haunted houses, when I'm thinking in terms of spirits, um, I'm often a little bit uncertain about when do you know if it's an actual spirit? And when do you know if it's just some energy that is kind of in the space or in like, you know, in some physicality of, of the place? So it's just got the memory of it. How do you discern Excellent. that? Excellent question, Christine. Um, there's three schools of thoughts on hauntings. One, that there's somehow a spirit trapped there. Mm-hmm. Two, that a spirit... Um, returns to visit okay because they pop back and forth from the other side and three uh third is what you just brought up is what i call a residual energy echo where the vibration that you're picking up on is no more a sentient spirit than your reflection in a mirror is you because matter retains vibration so particularly in locales where there have been a violent murder or some type of trauma associated with the passing something very tragic that vibration continues. I don't believe in spirits being trapped here. I've, I've um, myself have had a near-death experience. I've communicated uh, with probably 200,000 spirits in my life because I've done well over 15,000 readings. And wow. I've never confronted a spirit that said, oh, I'm trapped here. Because mm-hmm. what happens is our, our soul, our spirit, our consciousness, whatever you want to call the energy field that is housed, and I use the word housed, not created by the brain, but housed in the brain. Our spirit pre-exists the body, comes into the body, moves on after the body. As soon as we die, you are out of that body because you're pure electromagnetic. We are pure electromagnetic energy, and they know that. So they don't go, oh, I need to stay here and blah, 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 haunt this house. It's like, that's absurd. Yeah. It's primitive, superstitious nonsense. So I believe that there's more of the residual energy echo and I also believe that there may be spirits that perhaps return to a particular uh, venue for, for whatever reason. Because people say, well, well, maybe the spirit's trapped there. It's like, first off, they're not. Because think of your soul as a drop of water. And as soon as your body dies, that drop of water plunges into the eternal sea of souls that I call sure. the collective consciousness. And, and let's look at it from a practical standpoint. Okay, so now you're an immortal living being. Do you want to hang out in a garbage dump or go to Club Med in Maui, okay? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there is an element of practicality to being a spirit. It's like, why be here in this material hell dimension when I can be in the higher frequency of the other side? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So 
Do you find that some spirits hang out more with their family members or their loved ones than others? Like, do you, do you get the sense that um, some are more like hovering more when you interact with these spirits and some of them are sort of going back and forth more between that other realm and, and the ethereal realm around, around the people? I love your questions because this, this is right up my alley is everything's explainable by quantum physics. Uh -huh. Yes to all of your questions. Um, spirits, we're all energetically interconnected. Think of like right. a three-dimensional spider web. And so yep. when our loved ones go to the other side, if we're grieving them, we're sending a vibration along, you know, along that frequency, they'll pick up on it and it draws them to us. It sure. doesn't imprison them. They are not anchored here, but they'll come and see you. Conversely, they can send an emission to us. Like I hear people all the time say, you know, I turned on the radio and there was that song that made me think of, of my sister who died. Yeah. And, and there you go, because they're, they're prompting that, that frequency. So I think that that's, that's very prevalent. And what people need to keep in mind, okay, is that spirits are pure energy pure electromagnetic energy now mm -hmm. hold on we both have our teal mugs today yes in the time <laughs> the reason i did that is in the time that it took me to sip that water spirits being pure electromagnetic energy move at the speed of light which is 186,282 miles per second so in the time that it took me to drink that water a spirit could have been back and forth to the moon about four times, probably taking a spin around the earth, popped off to see what's going on in Beijing and here they're back. So sure. spirits are not just invisible humans with our same limitations and, and finite right. capacity. They're now part of something much greater. Because I get a lot of people, are they alone? No, they're not alone. And they're not unhappy. They're pure energy. Energy doesn't get sick. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get tired. It doesn't die. Uh, so, so we we need to understand that, and we also need to understand that if you're in a profound state of grief, you are not harming your the spirit of your loved ones. They they can come to you, and they can pop back and forth between this dimension and the other side dimension in the blink of an eye. Yeah, and that's good to know too because. Um, I lost a friend on Monday. She passed away after struggling with cancer. And, um, you know, the grief, one of the things I realized grieving the loss of, of several people, animals and situations in my life is that it, it has a mind of its own. I mean, it, it just kind of flows. And so that's really good to know that we, when we feel what we feel, that it's in no way sort of either keeping them locked here or causing them any kind of concern. Absolutely, because I have so many people that feel somehow that they're they're harming their loved ones, and and you're not. We're not anchoring spirits here, and we're not holding anyone back. What we're holding back is ourselves from progressing mm. forward, and and I don't mean that in any type of critical way, because grief is a lifetime process. It isn't something you get over. There isn't some Harry Potter magic wand that we can wave to make it all better. There are coping coping strategies. There's grief management techniques. I have a, um, a whole section on my website, uh, evidenceofeternity.com, dedicated yeah. grief management. So for people that are, are, are seeking um, 
you know, coping techniques, it's a free resource. Please go to my website, evidenceofeternity.com. And I, I've heard people say really horrible things. Uh, I know a woman whose son was murdered uh, and somebody said to her, well, it's been a year. Aren't you over that yet? Oh, oh, oh. I mean, and, and there's a, 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 in the grief management section of my, my website, there's a page entitled the 10 things to say to somebody in grief and the 10 things to not say to someone in grief and the it's been x amount of time aren't you over it yet is like at the top of the list of do not say that to people Mm -hmm. also don't tell them oh she's in a better place Mm -hmm. don't tell people that because for a bereaved person the better place is here with you so you can love them hug them you know be with them but of course, some of us do understand that they really like, you know, even for me, I knew that she was tired of that sick body and I had a deep knowingness that she was in a, she's in a better place and right. she's still got the fiery, spunky spirit, you know, that she had in, in this realm. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and what I mean by that, Christine, you and I know that, but there's a lot of people, like if you said that to somebody's parent or sibling and they're not like, not in this feeling, say, oh, they're in a better place, that, that might come across wrong. It's better to say things like, you know what I always loved about her? She made me laugh. She was so smart. Bring up a happy memory. Say, you know, I don't even know what to say. I, I know that you're grieving and you're de- devastated. So you're in my thoughts, you're in my prayers. Let people know that you care. Sometimes not saying anything, just go up and hug the person. And so, yeah. so that's what I'm trying to tell because the, the things not to say are, are not being conveyed by people trying to be unkind. It's by people who don't know what else to say. Right. And so and, and, up, yeah. And, and in this society, we so avoid the topic of death and facing death that it it's dealing with it is is somewhat foreign to a lot of people we have to go to a quick break but before we do um benny can you give the telephone number we're gonna if there's some callers out there who are interested in getting um a reading with mark anthony um what's the telephone number they should call sure it's 800-930-2819 again 800-930-2819 Stay tuned for more with Mark Anthony here on the Christine Uptrich Show in just a few moments. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. 
Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. How to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Welcome back. We are having a conversation today with psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony. So grateful you're here today. Um, so Mark, we've invited people to call in and it sounds like we've got a couple callers on the line. Before we get into how you read and, and the actual readings, I mean, give us some guidelines about what people can ask and, and how you go about doing your readings. What I, all I need is uh, your first name and uh, try to avoid giving me a, a, any information about the person that you wanna to talk to. I mean, some people are like, I really want to hear from my mom, and that's fine. And she may or may not be the first one to come through. And I also caution people about going directly to no right away. Um, because when people start shooting everything down, no, 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 no. It's like what we were talking about before with the lady whose father came through and he showed me Australia. And then 15 minutes later, something about him swimming. And then we realized that he won a swimming competition once by doing the Australian crawl. Sometimes yeah. you don't put it together right away. And mm -hmm. I get emails every single day from people who say, oh my gosh, after the reading, it all started making sense. Mm -hmm. um, also, if I'm describing something, let me finish. Because uh, I'll say like, I'm getting this, this, and this. Does that make sense? And then you can respond. And uh, since we're doing the mini readings, normally before I do a reading with somebody, I spend about 10 minutes explaining different scenarios that can come through so that when it does happen, um, they'll, they'll be more prepared. But uh, the no, no, no syndrome, which is where either people are shooting everything down or they want something so much, they're putting mm -hmm. angst into the energetic field. We want to sure. lower that. So, so that would yeah. be it. So. And that neutrality makes a lot of sense to me because... Um, that attachment gets in the way of that flow. I get that. Okay. So, Benny, um, who's our first caller? Sure. We'll take uh, Corey, who's calling in from the San Diego area. Hi, Corey. 
Hi. Hello. Hi, Corey. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I had a question. Um, I'm going to keep it a little um, simple. Um, okay. Basically, I wanted to know, um, there's a situation that I'm uh, concerned about that I got um, myself into, and um, I wanted to know if there was going to be any repercussions about that. Okay. Um, well, let's let's see what spirits you have around you that may be able to shed some light on, on what you're going through. There's a male energy coming through connected to you. And what I get with him is he feels like he's on the generation above, above you, which could be like parent, um, uncle, something like that. It doesn't always mean a parent, but it feels like um, he's on that generation above you. And what I'm getting with him is a lot of coughing, a lot of coughing, burning sensation in my lungs, burning sensation in my throat. And I'm getting a dizzy disorientation in, in my head. And I'm also getting issues with his spleen and with his kidneys. And uh, toward the end, um, this feels very much like this could have been, obviously there was a lung disease, but it feels very much like a cancerous condition with him. And I'm also getting this massive pain in my head around my um, right ear. Um, and it almost feels like there's a mass or a growth inside of there. So perhaps the cancer could have metastasized and gotten into his brain. Does any of this make sense to you, Corey? He did have a stroke, and he did smoke. Okay. I don't know how much he smoked towards the end, okay. but he did have okay. a stroke. Okay, so um, we got him here. Let's see what he... Did you get some type of summons, some type of papers? Because I, I get like this, you've been served, you've got a summons. I get some papers, and if you haven't been served, uh, it, that's forthcoming. Does this make sense to you? Well, that's the situation that I'm uh, concerned about. Well, then the answer is yes. So there is some type of uh, legal action coming because I, I see like a process server. He's projecting these images to me. And he said, forewarned is forearmed. Forewarned is forearmed. And what's interesting is it seems like um, at the heart of this is some type of financial dispute. And the weird thing, Corey, it doesn't seem like it's a whole lot of money, but there's a lot of angst and contention around this. But I also get that um, you've got some good defense here. You've got some good defense here. Does any of that resonate with you? Yes, I want to know if this has to do uh, to in regards to um, uh, with my husband. I'm sorry, say that again. I didn't catch the last part. Does this have to do anything with my husband? Your husband here in this world? Yes. Hold on. Ow. Um, anything going on with you or your husband that involves some type of pain in your right hand, right index finger, or tendons? On me? Either with you or your husband. Because here's what happens. Spirits will give me these things, and then that'll help us determine who they are talking about. Um, not currently. Not that I've heard of. Okay. Because here's the very fascinating thing. In my right index finger and in the tendons of my right hand, I'm getting this atrophy, okay, and pain. And this has to do with the document. Your husband get into some type of contract or document that he may not, 
that he probably should not have signed. And it may not be a document so much as an agreement with somebody. Yes, that is that is correct. Okay, see, that's why they're giving me that. They just let me go. Woo. Okay. Um, yeah, what they're telling me is your husband, for the most part, has a pretty good gift of discernment when it comes to business and matters, but this time he acted impulsively. And so you've got to be ready to be served. And that um, actually, I think in the long run, you guys are going to be okay. But if I were you, I'd lawyer up. All right. And I'm not just saying it because I'm a lawyer, but you need to lawyer up. So I'll leave that. Um, with you. Now, I have a question. Is there anything that my husband can uh, do right now to improve the situation? Yes, lawyer up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that means call an attorney right. <laughs> because don't handle legal issues by yourself. Clients would always ask you, can I just do this by myself? To which I would reply, if you needed to remove your appendix, would you do it yourself? Is my name going to come up? <laughs> Thank you. I'll leave that with you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Um, so I found it fascinating, Mark, when you were doing the reading that you were getting pains and you were, you were experiencing sensations in your body. Can you tell us a little bit about how that occurs? Yeah, what happens is the spirits interface. And first off, let me, um, I, I didn't mean to, you know, to cut up, but see clients, uh, people think that when a spirit comes in, we can put the spirit on the witness stand and cross-examine them. I need to know this. I need to know this. I need to know this. Okay. You have to realize the no, no, no syndrome is flooding the energetic field with negativity. And that also comes when I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Okay. So if you want something, you're putting so much angst there, it's generating like on Star Trek, a deflector shield. Okay. Mm -hmm. We want to lower the deflector shields because if we could sit there and play 20 questions with a spirit, because then why not just ask them for Powerball numbers to see what I'm saying? And um, also, though, that's not what this is for. And if you're supposed to win the Powerball, you will. And if you're not, then they're not mm -hmm. going to intervene. And what you asked about, Christine, is when a spirit's energy field, their energy, mm -hmm. they interface with the electrical field in my system and yeah. in my body, they're transmitting impulses which get converted into recognizable concepts based on my memories, feelings, and cultural associations. Mm -hmm. And because I have a background in anatomy and physiology, spirits tend to give me a lot of medical, particularly when they're identifying who they were. Like he was coming through, he has a big time chain smoker. He had a stroke. I was getting it where he experienced uh -huh. it when they were trying to focus on her, her husband. At first, I thought somebody was having pain, but it was a document that was signed or an agreement entered into that should not have been. So when I got that pain, that could be two different things. It could be an actual physical symptom, or it could have been, uh -huh. eh, you really shouldn't assign that. So right. the things that come in are always subject to, to interpretation and have multiple meanings. This mm -hmm. is one of the things that I describe in my book, Evidence of Eternity, in the chapter, right. Multiple Meaning Messages. Yes, great. Um, Benny, who's our next caller? Yeah, we'll take Elizabeth calling in from the Indiana area. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. Hi, Elizabeth, go ahead. Hi, um, I was wanting to know, I had lost my oldest son last summer. Mm. And um, it has concerned me because there has been a lot of death within our family. And I still have two other children yet that are younger. And um, my concern is, is if 
if this possibly is a generational curse, um, and if that is, um, is there any way to... All right, first off, first off, let me express my condolences, because no mother should have to go through that type of, of loss and pain. And there's no, no stronger bond in the universe than that between a mother and a child, you know, because, because, you know, women are the vessel that life enters into this world. Secondly, there's no such thing as a curse. So I want you to dispel and let go of that primitive superstitious nonsense. And I'm not being critical here, but a lot of people, and they'll say, well, I went to this psychic and they told me a curse. People who do that are not real psychics. They're charlatans and they're predators preying upon bereaved people. Do not listen to that. And people say, but the curse. Well, a curse will only work. And it's the same thing with things like voodoo and, and that is you have the person that supposedly has this negative energy that they can focus at you. And if you accept that, emotionalize it, personalize it, basically you're making it happen to yourself. So your son on the other side is coming through. And what I'm getting is this um, um, intense shockwave going through my body, um, which is an indication that his passing was rather abrupt, possibly quick and unexpected. I'm also getting this Electri um, electric sensation going through my body. What that indicates is this could have been some type of seizure or convulsions connected with his passing. And I'm also getting a metallic taste. Now the metallic taste is always a little bit tricky because the metallic taste, when I was four, I went into some convulsions and I remember coming out of uh, the convulsions and seizures with the metallic taste. So that could be related to that. It could be also drugs, legal or otherwise, that he may have been um, um, taking prior to passing. And sometimes it's, it's gunshot, um, a, a metallic taste, but um, I'm not really getting the whole gunpowder thing here. So let me recap. Um, abrupt, quick, uh, possibly neurological component, um, which could be related to some type of medication. Does any of that make sense to you? The abrupt, um, sudden, definitely. Um, now, there was also we had another loss in the family hold, hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on let's stick with your son right here before we start doing this because they come in one at a time and see it'd probably be better for you to have a one-on-one -on -one session with me because so, so i can take more time but let's stick with your son um he just held up a cat he's giving you a cat it's like one of those ginger colored kitties is there something about you and cats or him with a ginger colored tabby that would make sense in any way Yes. Yes. Okay. In what way? Yes. He had uh, he had one when he was little. Okay. And the kitty is there with him now. You see, because um, all animals have souls, and so um, the cat's coming through. And he said that um, first off, he wants you to know how much he loves you. Secondly, um, he's saying that are you avoiding Christmas this year? Or did you avoid it last year? He's talking about you avoiding Christmas, avoiding Christmas. He said, because the star was not where it normally is. Yeah. Okay. He said, this year, I want you to put the star. I, to me, it looks like, you know, the, the treetop, the star. He said, and when you see that light, I want you to know that I am in the light and that the white light shines upon you. And despite the shadows which are encroaching upon you, the light will drive them away. 
You are not under a curse. You are not indentured to any negativity and you must endure these times for they shall end and the light will flow through you. And that's the message that he wants you to have. I'll leave that with you. That's absolutely beautiful. It is. He, he always wanted every Christmas. It, I would, I always wanted an angel, but he always wanted the star. And he always chose the star to be on top of the Christmas tree. You know, um, thank you for, for, for giving us that validation. When messages are transmitted through me, um, I don't always fully understand what they mean because I'm the conduit for the information, not the source of the information. And do you see how important the, the image of the star is? It validated who he is and who, who he is, who he was, who he is, who he continues to be. And the star, it's really fascinating because a star is a beautiful, perfect light. And he's talking about that not only in the sense of the, the star in the sky or the ornament, the star in the tree, but the white light, which is the spiritual energy of God. And he's telling you that the white light touches you. And when the white light touches you, flows through you, and you accept the white light, that no negativity will befall you. And, and you know, we all wish that, that our lives would be, you know, and they all lived happily ever after and, and storybookish, but they're not. And, and we lose people that we love. And, and sadly, parents lose children that they love. And it completely turns the world upside down. You know, we're supposed to go before our kids. That That's the natural order of things, but sometimes it doesn't. But what you have to realize is that your relationship with your son has not ceased to exist. It has transformed from one of a physical nature to now one of a spiritual nature. He is in the light. He wants you to celebrate Christmas again, and he wants you to put that star up there, not only in remembrance of him, but as a reminder that the darkness cannot even stand up to so much as one ray of white light. That makes me feel good because I've been so worried because with his death being so sudden and abrupt, whether or not he's been trapped here. Oh no! <laughs> if he's if he, if he said he's in the white light, and that's what I was explaining to Christine earlier. A lot of times, people are afraid that you know if the passing is abrupt. You got to realize as soon as you're out of the body, you revert from the finite physical form that we're in into an infinite spirit, an infinite eternal being. And you go right into the white light. Is there an Elsa, an Elsa, or an Ilsa um, in your family that's passed like a generation or two back? Um, I can't think of anyone off the tip of my head. Okay, because I'm getting like an Elsa, Ilsa, it could be like Lisa, um, but it, it's a name like that. She was one of the people that greeted him when he went right into the light. So, oh. and he said, and, and I know we all know people named Michael, okay? We all know people named Michael, but he says, Michael says hi, so. Oh, wow. Um. I can't think of whom it might be. That, that's okay. Uh, I was on one show and, and this woman's uh, son came through and he kept giving me the word cross, the word cross. It was on TV and it was live. And she said, I, I don't know. I don't know. And we went to a commercial break and her husband was sitting next to her and goes, you know, that is our last name. 
cross. <laughs> and, and, you know, people, when they're on the spot and this poor lady, she, you know, I'm, I know I'm used to being on TV and all that. And it's, you know, it's nerve wracking, you know, you, you get used to it, but, but um, in this poor lady, she never been on TV before. And there she is in a live TV audience, cameras, lights, action, and all this. And she was so nervous. She couldn't even think of her last name. So just because you don't get it right away, if you don't get it, don't sweat it. Um, let it resonate with you. But he says, Michael says hi, and um, everything's going to be just fine. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave that with Thank, you. Yeah. God bless. And we're, we're running out of time. But before we end the show, I want to make sure, Mark, that people know how they can connect with you to find out about um, your events, to find out how to get a session with you and so forth. Well, for all the listeners of the Christine Upchurch Show, if you go to my website, evidenceofeternity.com, and you apply for a phone reading, go to the link that says phone reading, not the, you know, ask questions or contact, okay? Go to the phone reading um, section, and if you mention Christine Upchurch or the Christine Upchurch Show, uh, you'll qualify for a reduced fee reading, and that's on my website, evidenceofeternity.com. You can sign up for my newsletter, follow me on social media through there. You can find out about ordering my books, Never Letting Go, and Evidence of Eternity, all through my website, evidenceofeternity.com. Mm, that's great. So this hour has flown by, Mark. Um, it's been such a joy to, to, to talk with you today, to, to see you at work, because it, there's, it, it just brings some validity to it but to also understand about your background and, and um, how you've developed your gifts and, and the fact that um, you are here at this time when people are having a lot of issues and that you have additional resource that many people can't access. So thank you for that. Thank you, God bless. And thank yeah. you to all the listeners. Keep tuning in to the Christine Upchurch Show. <laughs> oh, and thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.